Welcome to the latest episode of Five on the Floor on the Five Reasons Sports Network. Thanks for joining us on your favorite podcast app. We're on Podbean, Spotify, Google Podcasts, also Apple Podcasts, and we're on Dash Radio on their Nothing But Net channel. That's every single weeknight at 7 p.m. Check out the Five Reasons YouTube channel. That's where you find Before Floor, an hour before every Heat game, and Post Up 5R as soon as the Heat game ends with Royal Shepherd hosting Ariel, Gad, Brian, and the rest of the crew. They are there after every single game. Also, FiveReasonSports.com. You want to find the latest takeaways from Brady Hawk. No paywall. That's where you get them. And the great sponsors of the Five Reasons Sports Network. we got a few on this episode. One of them, our friends over at Quarter Deck. We had a great time there tonight, even though the result was not exactly what we wanted it to be. But enjoyed the wings, enjoyed the drinks, enjoyed the buffalo shrimp. Everything there at Quarter Deck is great. They've got five locations across South Florida from 17th Street and over in Dania Beach over to Sunrise, which is where we were tonight. And Davey, just go to Quarterdeck if you want a great experience and to watch all the games. Also sponsored tonight by our friends over at EverythingTradeShows.com. Go to EverythingTradeShows.com if your company is going back to trade shows, which we know a lot of them are. We also know during COVID you may not have everybody in-house to take care of everything. They will do the full booth build for you. They'll do a free rendering for you if you mention five reasons. They do everything, and they can tell you whether it's better to rent, buy. They will take you through the entire process. So go to EverythingTradeShows.com based right here in Fort Lauderdale, but servicing all 50 states. That's everythingtradeshows.com. And now, tonight's episode. Uh, five on the floor, ride for my dogs. Where here's the thing, you can check the score. Hustle hard, couple scars, wearing bubble frogs. Just like Buckley said, you in trouble, y'all. Kept the floor plan, got an all band. Y'all seen the block, stop with one hand. And Pat, we trust, it's power, have the guts. We're here to bring the heat. Y'all can hang it up. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily insider show on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick, Greg Sylvander, and Alex Toledo, plus others from the Five Reasons Sports Network. Welcome back to the Five on the Floor podcast. I know this is new, and a lot of you may be sighing and you know, in defeat after watching this heat game, but now are in more defeat after maybe waking up in the morning and having to listen to me as the first voice. You know, um, I apologize for that. Uh, we're scrambling tonight. We've got Adam Barai and Brady Hawk on the show. Uh, five reasons, OGs, of course, uh, you know, celebrities. But, you know, besides my apologizing for me having to host this show, Leif wasn't able to make it tonight. Ethan is too busy hosting the watch party. Brady had to come back from the watch party. You know, like I said, we're scrambling. We're here to talk about just a shocking game, right? And what was not shocking was the result because the Heat always lose in Denver. This is not a new thing at all. What was shocking was what happened towards the end of that game with about two, three minutes left, I believe. Uh, Markeith Morris took a foul, as Coach Eric Spolster would say, on – Jokic and he led with his shoulder Nikola Jokic did not like that very much and came right back and I've never seen him run this fast but he ran at Markeith Morris who had his back turned to him and leveled him just a complete shove full force impact from a dude who maybe who weighs close to 300 pounds and is like 7-1 so uh, obviously we're going to talk about the game we usually do that once a game ends on a post-game pod but in situations like this, we got to get immediate reactions. So, Adam, I'm gonna I'm gonna go to you first since you haven't been on in so long. How are you feeling after having watched that? How did it make you feel? 
um, you know, where are you? Wow. Um, I got to say, that was disgusting. From uh, the MVP, Nikola Jokic, uh, that was one of the most disgusting plays I've seen from a player of that caliber. Uh, and I don't mince my words. Uh, I think that Nikola Jokic has to be suspended five or so games for that action. Uh, just It's not just the fact that he hit him with the elbow. It's the fact that he did it in the neck back area with Morris turned around so that he was defenseless. That's the problem I have issue with. The game was pretty much over. Yes, Morris had a pretty tough foul. It was a take foul, but he, yes, he got him with the elbow. But there is no excuse for Nikola Jokic to have done what he did with the game out of reach. And now the Heat suffer for it, and so will the Nuggets when that nice, sweet suspension kicks in. That's what I'm waiting to hear back from now. Obviously, we're not going to find out till probably tomorrow as far as the, the suspensions and consequences go. I think people are fighting about it right now on NBA Twitter. I feel like it's it's become this like the polarizing topic of the night, and it will be for the next day or so until it gets completely taken out of the news cycle, just like everything else in sports media. But really, like the way like what you talk about there, the way that it looked in real time and on replay, terrible, right? Like I don't know which one was worse. I think maybe real time, just because seeing the force of this huge guy running, you know, full speed for for his standard. At Markeith Morris was it was just jarring. It was terrible to see. Uh, not that Markeith, you know, didn't. That was a pretty physical foul that, that he he put on on Jokic. But it was con- two completely different levels. Like there was a gap in physicality and just levels of dangerousness, right? In what the two of them did. So there was a point there where Markeith Morris was just laying on the floor for so long that it looked like he was gonna get taken out of the stretcher. They brought it out. He was able to walk off on his own will. But, Brady, how are you feeling about this? What do you think is going to happen? And although Jokic was dominating, I, I don't know. I think that was kind of the weirdest part about it, too, is that he was killing this game. He absolutely dominated, Bam. We're going to get into that later. And they were up by a whole lot. The game was almost over. Uh, how did you react to it originally? And, and what do you think uh, actually happened? Yeah, like, has a guy ever got a – like that and lost his cool when he had a 25 point triple double like I don't know if that's even a thing when you're having that type of situation uh, I think the first thing to say is that Spolcher did say after the game that that Markeith was moving around in the locker room which I think is important to mention that uh, looking recently at, at certain Heat players uh, Max Struess was questionable for this game Kyle Lowry was returned after he was injured with his ankles it's like everybody's kind of had the speed up recovery speed uh that it feels like Markeith will just be walking into the Lakers facility on Wednesday. Like that just seems like the path we're on, but obviously this was, you know, a lot different. As you mentioned, Spo was saying how dangerous um, and how much of a dirty play it was from um, Jokic. And I think it was interesting just how kind of upset Spo seemed about it. Like we saw him on the court upset about it and we saw him how he walked out. Uh, but it was just kind of interesting to see him after the game in the, in the post game conference, kind of how, he was handling it. And I think the thing we have to mention too is the way Jimmy Butler handled it. Like this is TJ Warren 2.0. Like this is what we've seen. And as much as people, some people are going to sit here and say like fake tough and some of the Twitter trolls are going to say stuff like Jimmy Butler is probably the best leader in the NBA. Like 
things he does on the floor, we could talk about him being the front runner for MVP right now, but this is the stuff that makes him a leader. Uh, having his teammates back when Chris Paul tries to bully Duncan Robinson, he comes down and he pushes him back and, and, and takes, you know, an offensive foul. Like this is the stuff that you want from your best player. Uh, and as I said before, as I, you know, Jimmy Butler did against TJ Warren after that game, this game isn't like that game because in th about three weeks, they're going to be playing this Denver team again, November 29th. Uh, I'm sure Jimmy, I'm sure Haslam is going to be circling that date. Uh, and November 29th, they're going to be facing each other again, that this is going to be a very interesting game in the FTX arena. Uh, but overall, that was just, just a very wild play that, that Jokic would even do something like that. And just the way, uh, Spolscher said afterward that the, the whole thing could have got a lot uglier, uglier if he was facing Jokic, which is kind of funny because if he was facing Jokic, I don't even think he would have ran to him in the first place because he was just not – he's not going to mess with Marquis. Yeah, and to add to that, I don't think that Jokic is going to play in Miami. I don't see any scenario in which the Nuggets actually let him play uh, because I think they know what's coming. I think – the Heat know what's coming. I don't. I don't think Jokic will get out of Miami alive if they let him play November 29th. And that's not the only game that Jokic has to worry about. He's got to worry about those games against the Clippers with Marcus Morris. Marcus Morris isn't going to let him go either. That twin's got his back. It's family over everything. He's gonna. He's gonna protect his brother. And here's my last point: the Nuggets fans that were chanting MVP at Jokic for hitting a man, a defenseless man in the back of the head, classless, absolutely classless. And the Nuggets players that were dapping him up and clapping him up afterwards while he was sitting in the bench, classless. And these kind of things don't go unnoticed. And the Heat players notice that. They circle the game. They remember these sort of things, and they won't forget it. I think that's a great point. That was obviously like one of the little details from all of this. It's just like the way that uh, the Nuggets fans and the players reacted to it. I agree with you. I thought it was extremely whack, especially the players siding with them because it's like they should know. And I know, like I said earlier, right, Morris leveled Jokic a little bit with a physical foul. It's not like it came out of nowhere. But again, just <laughs> the punishment did not finish. I mean, did not fit the crime here, I feel like. And, you know, just to move on from all this, I know it's a huge topic from tonight's game other than the game itself. Let's get to that, right? Um, and this is one of those games where, although it felt like they got thoroughly outplayed from start to finish, there was times in this game where it felt like they could have come back, even though they were pretty much, everybody outside of Jimmy Butler and Duncan Robinson was inconsistent. They weren't getting their three-point shooting until the fourth quarter. I think they were five of 20 headed into the fourth and then hit six or seven of them in the fourth itself. Jimmy was 10 of 18, got to the free throw line 11 times, got to eight assists, five rebounds. Duncan was four of eight. So those two guys did their jobs. And it was really Jimmy that was the main reason that they weren't getting smacked by about 30 points or more because he he was the, the force on both ends. And I know, you know, Bam had his moments, but this was a game where... This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What's the first thing you'd do if you had an extra hour in your day? Go for a run, take a nap, maybe check the stats of the latest Miami Heat game? I've got a better idea. A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. The question is time for what? If time was unlimited, 
How would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. I've benefited from therapy. I went through some life changes, major life events, had some difficulties, wasn't a believer in therapy, but it helped me and it can help you also. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. So learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash Miami Heat today to get 10% off your first month. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash Miami Heat. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. At Highland, we're all about celebrating little wins and little ways to innovate digital processes. There's no customer pain point too small for us to help with. Maybe that's why more than half of the Fortune 100 looks to Highland to connect their content and data, improve processes, and turn little efficiencies into big wins for their customers and clients. Highland, intelligent content solutions for innovators everywhere at highland.com. We've seen before where Bam struggles with big time size and a guy like Jokic who, who is just, you know, a mismatch for anybody that guards him. He had Bam in the Heat defense scrambling for most of the game. Jokic thoroughly outplayed Bam as well. I think, obviously, Lowry stood out because he went 0 of 8. Was able to, you know, get some assists and stuff. He had a couple turnovers. This is one of those games where I feel like – and look, by the way, Markeith Morris, we, we talked about him all this time, gave you 4 of 9 and 2 of 3 from 3. So he actually gave you a pretty good game out there. But this is one of those games, and this is what I really want to talk about on this show just from this game where if you don't have multiple, most of the of those four best players of yours, when you're talking about from the Heat perspective going, it's going to look a little rough out there. And I know that's kind of pretty obvious analysis, right? When your best players aren't playing good, you're going to look worse. But it's also a thing where I feel like we've seen this team have such a high point differential. And then in the games they lose, lose by so much because it's kind of been all or nothing on those guys, right? And we've talked about the depth issue going into the season, and it's kind of manifested itself in a different way where it's like they're surviving the bench lineups. They're not having any of those problems because there's always one or two of those four guys out there. So that's not really an issue, but it's more about like, are you going to be able to get consistent production from everybody else if two or three of those guys are not hitting? And I think that's the question here. So Brady, I'm going to start off with you here this time. Uh, do you feel that that's an issue as far as uh, just the balance of the scoring for this team? Does tonight mean anything to you as, as far as that theme goes? Yeah, I think last game is a good representation of it where you had four guys all clicking. Like when you're looking at Kyle, Jimmy, Bam, and Tyler, like they all had 20 or I think Bam had a little bit less than 20. But when you get elite Jimmy Butler and the other three guys – 
just aren't having it on a game like this. That just can't be the case. I think you can get away with it when two of them are elite to a certain degree. Like if you had Kyle or Bam or Tyler, just one of those guys clicking, this is a completely different game. Uh, they did get elite Jimmy Butler. Like you said, he was getting to the free throw line. He was doing a lot of those type of things. Uh, but the interesting thing is this, this Heat team has come back in a lot of games when they trail. Like they, 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 they can make runs when they're down to that 14, 16 kind of point differential. But the difference is it's never been to this degree where the opposing team is, is scoring like this, like the end of the third quarter when you're in the 80s. Like they can make comebacks when you're at the end of the third quarter and it's high 60s. Like that's when this team can make a run because of the when you're in the mud, that's when they can make a run. All of a sudden, their their offense starts clicking. Uh, but when the other team's offense is clicking, and you kind of have to keep up with that speed, and you can't, you know, stop Jokic like you said, and try to uh, put everything on a bam defensively. And then you're doubling, and you have guys like Will Barton that can't miss. Uh, and then Monte Morris started out the game really well. Like you have all these role players that are pretty much outplaying all of Miami's role players, uh, except Duncan Robinson. Which, by the way. Like you mentioned before, like he didn't have a great game, but he just had a good Duncan Robinson game, which he needed this. Like we've kind of talked about during losses, the Duncan Robinson issues. Like if he had a game tonight where he's one for nine from three, like he's probably starting the, the topic right now of like what went wrong. Yep. Yep. But but four for eight from three, it's like, oh, he just had a Duncan Robinson, you know, game. We're going to push this aside. But I feel like this is one of those things where you kind of uh, – had a decent game from him that if you just had one more of those guys of the main guys kind of step up, you could have been in this. Uh, but it's just interesting that point that you're kind of have to rely on a lot of these guys um, offensively on a defensive team to kind of pull you, pull you through, especially when you have a 31 point night from Jimmy Butler and we're still having this topic. So I think it's interesting, you know, I should have mentioned a couple of other things as well. When I was talking about Jokic thoroughly outplaying Bam, he went 10 of 14, uh, 15 rebounds, 10 assists. He just had an incredible game. And the guy is just so much to handle uh, when, when he's on the court and not uh, cheap shotting guys from the back. So <laughs> Bam went three of 10, actually did get to the line six times. So he got 10 rebounds. So Bam was doing other things. You know, he's great on defense. And you talk about Tyler, who went three of 12. I think uh, between him and, and Kyle, and by the way, most of those shots that Tyler made actually came in the fourth. So I think it, it's like him and Kyle did not make a shot almost the entire game until Tyler went on that little run. And by the way, shout out to Duncan. Like you said, I thought he had a good game and he had probably the best sequence he's going to have all season. I think it was in the third or fourth quarter when he had that block on Jokic in transition. Jokic totally didn't see that coming. And then on the other end, he gets it right back, hits the three, gets fouled. And it was like, OK, wow, this is one of those points where it, it, I thought that maybe they could come back. But as I'm looking through some other stuff here, and I'm going to go to you now, Adam, uh, per cleaning the glass, like the Heat were just not able to hit in the mid-range either tonight. We talked about how they weren't able to get going from three at all until that they hit some in the fourth quarter. Uh, from the mid-range tonight, they shot just under 36%. So that's a huge part of, I feel like, and, and, and I know a lot of that is Tyler because he takes so many of them. We already went over how he didn't have a good shooting night. But it's just such a huge part because it's like you're losing out on all these other things. This is another uh, – something we haven't even gone into yet is the team rebounding. I'm trying to look at that right now. I'm stalling a little bit. The Heat got 37 rebounds. The Nuggets, 49. There's no way that this has happened this season yet. Like, I, I don't even have to look at the other losses to know that they haven't lost the rebounding edge by 12. 
So that is absolutely a huge factor in this loss because he'd have been pretty damn good in the rebounding aspect this season. They've been in the top 10, top five for most of it. So, Adam, what were your takeaways from this loss as far as what we were talking about before with the theme of all these guys? How, 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 what's your take on that? And any, any other takeaways from, you know, just the way that the game played out tonight in Denver? Yeah, I've got a, I've got a few points. Uh, I do think that the Heat can win games even if not all four of their big guys show up. Uh, tonight, only Jimmy showed up in my eyes. And they were down 14-15 throughout the entire game. I think if one other guy had shown up, you're talking about a toss-up on the road in Denver where the Heat historically don't play well. So if so one other guy... Jamal Murray and, and Michael Porter Jr. Right. But if, if, if one other guy steps up, this is a game that could be had. Kyle Lowry did not show up tonight. Bam looked like he didn't belong on the same court as Nikola Jokic. Um, Tyler Hero, like you said, showed up in the fourth quarter. Uh, to me, though, I'm going to give Tyler a bit of a pass because to me, he was one of the guys with Jimmy who looked like they were actually trying throughout the entire game. To me, Tyler looked like he was trying. Uh, Bam, you, I could have given you multiple moments throughout the game where there were just lazy, lazy closeouts where he just couldn't contest Nikola Jokic the way that he should have. Uh, but Nonetheless, if one other guy had showed up, they would have won this game, I think, you know, in, in a tight battle. Um, the Nuggets had 12 offensive rebounds, and I don't think that's a recipe for success in any sense of the imagination. And I'm willing to bet that every single offensive rebound had led to a two- or three-point play for the Nuggets. And it just felt like every time that he got a stop, it ended up with a Jokic rebound getting into right like a and one situation. But uh, it's not just about the heat. I do think that the officials had their hand in this game. Uh, their names are Michael Smith, Kevin Scott, and John Connolly. Oh man, I, I will say their names because they are part of the reason that Markeith Morris and Nikola Jokic got into this scuffle tonight. And they are part of the reason why this is not a good night for Nuggets fans. This is not a good night for Heat fans. I do think that those officials should be suspended as well. Could you this elaborate? Horribly. I'm interested in this take. This is a horribly, horribly officiated game. And it led to those knickknack fouls. And it led to that no call, which led to Markeith Morris shoving Nikola Jokic basically in that half-court foul. And that's what led to the altercation at half court. So horribly officiated game. And that's what let it get chippy. Wow. Like I was in a, I was already about to pivot back to some basketball points and you just completely shook me off my feet with that hot take that, because look, it's the not referee, a hot take. It's not no, a hot no, take. The referees were definitely polarizing all night, but the way you just delivered it right now, it just, like you just caught me off guard, man. Good stuff there from you. Um, I mean, you even named them. Like, if they hear this, they're they're gonna be. Sweating. You gotta be ready, man. You gotta be ready at all times. We're the and third stringers. Sweating when Adam Barai comes at them like this. That's right. But, uh, That's right. Another thing I wanted to point out again, just shout out to cleaning the glass. I was with Brady when I when I uh, got this membership at the Heat Jazz game, 
and I'm like, wow, this, the hype with them is real. Like, I really, I really like the stuff that they have here. And uh, just to shout them out again, right? And he, I'm looking at their half court possessions right now, and just the the comparison between the two. The Nuggets' offensive rating in the half court is just under 97. The Heat, 82. That is, <laughs> that's a huge gap. That that right there, and then you talk about the rebounding difference. That's pretty much the game, right? And that's before you get into what we talked about earlier, the the gap in three-point shooting, just specifically because the Heat could not get that going at all. So I think we, we pretty much went over everything that, that there is to talk about in this game. I don't want to lean on Brady too much because I know he's at the watch party. I know how it can be over there. Uh, he's probably getting swarmed by all the fans who got a chance to meet him. And and I get it because when I met Brady the other day, it was it was the same feeling. I was completely starstruck. But on a serious note, um, apologies for the shakiness of this pod tonight. I didn't introduce myself at the top. I'm Alex Toledo. And <laughs> so, yeah, no Leif, no Ethan. I had to put this all together. I had to get Adam get out of bed, Brady to come from the watch party, to put this together for you guys. Ethan and Greg, excuse me, Ethan and Leif will be back later on this week. Shout out to the sponsors. Shout out to the post up. Clutch Corner. Alana and Michael show uh, everything that we've got on Five Reasons. Check out everything on YouTube. I'm on the floor on the Five Reasons Sports Network. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.